Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew speaks from Genesis chapter 15 with this message entitled, How to Pass Test, Part 2, preached February the 24th, 2013. We are speaking to you about how to pass tests. And if you listen, then you will be able to pass tests that will come inevitably in your life. How to pass tests, that's the question. How did Abraham, father of all true believers, pass divine tests? He lived by faith in the God of glory who appeared to him when he was still a worshiper of idols. God commanded him to leave his country, kindred, and father's house and go to a country that will be shown to him. He obeyed and so arrived in Canaan at the age of 75. Abraham lived by faith in God's promises to him. To make him into a great nation. To bless him and in him to bless all the families of the earth. Faith waits. God fulfills his promises in his time. Not in our time. Yet he is always on time. The promise of the Messiah was fulfilled to him after 2,000 years in the fullness of time. Believers in the promises of God wait. Psalm 130 verse 5 and 6. Five times we are told to wait. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word I put my hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. So by living by faith in the God of glory. In El Shaddai. And waiting for him patiently. We pass our tests. We believe in God who raises the dead. All God ordained experiences must increase my faith in God. Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9 we read. Indeed in our hearts we felt the sentence of death but this happened that we might not rely in ourselves but on God who raises the dead friends don't overemphasize your little problem to get sympathy from people so we look at first Genesis 15 1 through 21 a test which he passed 
in Genesis 15, we meet Abram, the great warrior. Yet he is afraid. Yes, he defeated the four kings and delivered his nephew Lot and all others. But he is worried. They would come back, he believes, to fight against him in the spring when kings go out to war. And he's scared. This was also the experience of Elijah, the great prophet. He defeated and killed the false prophets. He prayed. And there came torrential rain. Yet he became fearful. When Jezebel, the feminist, threatened to kill him. So Abraham also was afraid. But in the night God appeared to him. And God said to him first fear not. And God comes to us he always tells us fear not. Second I am your shield. Third I am your very great reward. Those who fear are the unbelievers. All unbelievers. They have no God to lean on. Their idols are a joke. The God of glory tells us today, fear not. We don't fear Satan who comes at us like a roaring lion to swallow us up. We submit to God and resist the devil and he flees from us, the Bible says. And we do not fear temptation either because our Lord will help us. So we read in 1 Corinthians 10, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out and exit so that you can stand up under it. We do not fear the world because God is for us and his mighty hand would crush Mr. Pharaoh and the armies of the world. Fear not, child of God. In Matthew 6, 25 through 34, Jesus told us six times, don't be Anxious. Those who seek the kingdom of God first need not worry about anything. And we read the Psalm 27 today. Let me read to you. Though an army beseech me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. Confident. 
One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. First, don't fear because God is our shield. The shield of faith will completely protect us. In fact, we are in Christ. He is a wall of fire all around us. Nothing in all creation can attack God and destroy us who are in him. He is our sovereign. It is his duty to protect us. He is almighty king. Those who live by faith are not exposed to extinction and destruction. We are under the shelter of his wings. Our God is our hiding place. So Moses tells us in Deuteronomy 33, Blessed are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord. He is your shield. He is your helper. He is your glorious sword. Your enemies will cower before you and you will trample down their high places. Friends, our God is our shield, our helper and our glorious sword. Notice what he feared did not happen. The four kings never came back to destroy Abraham. Number two, don't be afraid because I am your very great reward. He rewards us exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or imagine. The writer to the Hebrews says, And without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. Believers are rewarded by grace. And what does he give us? He gives us all what we need. Food and clothing and housing and husbands and wives and children and so on. According to his own calculation. Above all, he gives us eternal life. Above all, he rewards us with himself. What more you want? When God himself is your reward. So he tells us today, fear not. I am your very great reward. 
So we read in Deuteronomy 10, this is why the Levites have no share or inheritance among their brothers. The Lord is their inheritance. Psalm 119, you are my portion, O Lord. I have promised to obey your words. Psalm 73 tells us, Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. God is our portion. God is our reward. But in Deuteronomy 32 we read, For the Lord's portion is his people. Did you hear that sir? God is our portion and we are his portion, his inheritance. Now the first time Abraham enters into a conversation with God. Question number one. How come I am without children? You promised me children. Yet my chief servant, Eliezer of Damascus, according to the trust I just established, this Eliezer of Damascus is going to inherit all my property. God said, no, Abram, he is not going to be your heir as per my eternal plan. A son whom you father would be your heir according to my plan for you. Come outside with me. Look at the clear night sky. Could you count all the stars? Normally... With naked eye, one can count about 8,000 stars. But Abraham could not count all stars. And God said, so shall be your offspring. Abraham believed God's promise. And in the Hebrew, we can read this way. Abraham said, Amen. To his promise. Or Abraham rested upon God himself. And he was justified. He was clothed with divine righteousness. Because he believed. In the promised Messiah. The son of Abraham. So Galatians 3.6 Consider Abraham he believed God And it was credited to him as righteousness And verse 16 The promises were spoken to Abraham And to his seed The scripture does not say And to seeds meaning many people But and to your seed Meaning one person who is Christ Abraham believed God Means he believed In his offspring. In Jesus Christ. What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will be saved. 
And he said, I have another question. Shoot. <laughs> and you have not given me any land. That's another problem. As you promised. And God made a covenant with him. Abram brought a heifer, a goat, and a ram. He cut them in half and arranged the halves opposite each other. He arranged a dove and a pigeon without cutting them. Both Abram and God were to pass between the pieces to make a covenant between two parties. But God is making not a bilateral treaty. He is making an unconditional covenant. A unilateral covenant. God alone is making a self-maledictory covenant. God says in effect. If I do not fulfill my promises to you let me be destroyed like these killed animals and so only God is passing through these divided animals not Abraham and all promises God made to Abraham were fulfilled in time Especially this one. We sinned, yet Christ died for our sins. So we shall never die for our sins. He says, I know your wife is barren. I know she's getting old. God doesn't know. I know you are getting old. I know you own no land in Canaan. Yet I'm going to give you a multitude of children. And all the land of Canaan. From the river of Egypt to the great river of Euphrates. Abraham believed. He passed the test. He believed God's promises. Number two, Genesis 16, 1 through 16, we find he failed the test because he refused to believe in God's promise. In Genesis 16, we see Abram and Sarai miserably failing the test of faith. They are not patiently waiting for God to fulfill his promise to give them a son. Fathered by Abraham through his barren wife Sarai by means of a divine miracle. When there is no faith, people manifest convulsion and paralysis. Like Israel of old, people refused to go to Canaan when commanded. This is paralysis. When God says don't go. They convulse and they go. 
convulsion and paralysis you see in your household every day. Ten years have gone by. Now Abraham is 85 and Sarai is 75. Sarai refuses to believe God. Like Eve, she is taking matters into her own dirty hand. She is frustrated and impatient. She is convulsing, doing what God did not command. She blames God, she blames her husband, and she blames everybody else but herself. That's the nature of sin. She would do what God failed to do for her. She would build for herself a family. She would command her husband to submit to her ingenious plan. And he did. Everything worked as planned. And troubles began one after another. Hagar despises Sarai. Sarai despises Hagar. Sarai is angry at Abraham. Everybody is fighting. There is no peace in the family. Sarai's ingenious plan backfired. Sarai oppresses Hagar and she leaves, but God sends her back. She gives birth to Ishmael, but God stopped speaking. Thirteen years passed by. No real peace in Abraham's household. Yet God did not stop Sarai from her foolish action. That's scary. God could have intervened at any time and could have said, this is is not my plan, sir. God permits his people to sin and suffer the consequences. God did not interfere when Eve sinned either. God did not stop King David from sinning. Friends, there is a perfect will of God and there is a permissive will of God. Peace or pain, you decide. Family harmony or family misery. Friends, Bible should be our standard, not pagan custom. God never changes his plan for ours. Our God is unchangeable in his being. What have you wrought, Sarai? You did not build for yourself a family. You brought forth a mocker who would mock one day Isaac, the son of promise. And one day God would send away Hagar and Ishmael from Abram's household. Your plan failed, Sarai. Abraham, you failed to believe God. You failed to govern your family for God. Both of you failed the test. 
But thank God he remains faithful to his promise to save us. Number three, Genesis 17, 1 through 27. God waits until his appointed time. God waits until our self-strength is all gone. So God waited until the body of Abraham and the body of Sarai became as good as dead. God appears in chapter 17. Abram is 99. Sarai is 89. Both as good as dead. And they knew it incapable of having children. Now God comes as El Shaddai. As Pantocrator. God Almighty. As God who raises the dead. God of miracles. God demands that Abram walk before him and be blameless. He is to live in God's presence. He is to live a God conscious and God centered life. He is to live the way Joseph would live one day. As we read in Genesis 39 verse 9. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? He is to live as David would live one day. And we read in Psalm 18 verse 23. I have been blameless before him. And have kept myself from sin. God's Holy Spirit is able to help us. To love God. To believe God. To obey God. He will help us to keep us from sinning. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. This almighty God promises to do certain things for Abraham. First, 17, verse 4 through 8. As for me, I will do these things for you. Then says, as for you, Abraham, you must do this. As for you, Sarai, you will do for this. I will do, sir. I will build you a family, not you. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant between you and your descendants forever. I will give Canaan to you and your descendants. I'll be your God and the God of your descendants. And number two, as for you, you must and you will. I have changed your name to Abraham, means a father of a multitude. You must keep my covenant. You must circumcise all males in your household, eight days old and up. Those born in your household and those whom you have bought. 
Please note, Ishmael and Esau were circumcised but were not saved. What saves us is circumcision of the heart by the Holy Spirit, which is regeneration, sir. Regeneration. And you read in Deuteronomy 30, verse 6. The Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that you may love him with all your heart and with all your soul and live. Romans 2 verse 29. No, a man is a Jew if he is one inwardly. And circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the spirit. Philippians 3, watch out for those dogs, those men who do evil, those mutilators of the flesh, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit, God, who glory in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh. The visible church always consists of baptized unbelievers and baptized true believers number three as for Sarai I'm changing her name to Sarah mother of nations not mother of nothing mother of nations I will bless her I will give you a son by her and she will be the mother of nations I will build a family for you, not you. You build nothing. I will build for you a family and nations at the age of 89 by a miracle, a miracle of resurrection. And by the way, Abram, don't ever come and pray to me. Let Ishmael Live in your blessing. No, no, no. I am not a rubber stamp for your little plan. Abraham believed God and obeyed him by circumcising himself and all males in his household born and bought. It is possible that he the same day circumcised not only himself, maybe about thousand people. And so we read in Genesis seventeen twenty three. On that very day, Abraham took his son Ishmael and all those born in his household, or bought with his money every male in his household and circumcised them as God told him. Immediate, exact, and joyful obedience to a difficult task. That rendered all of them vulnerable to enemy attack. It was great faith in God Almighty. They passed the test. And let's turn to Genesis 18. So this is the test of hospitality. When we bless God, he blesses us beyond all our imagination. Three heavenly visitors 
pass by Abraham's tent. One is the Lord, two are angels, all in human form. They are traveling in the heat of the day. And Abraham saw them from the tent. And he goes out to meet them and invite them for hospitality. You may recall how the two disciples on the way to Emmaus invited their fellow traveler, the risen Lord Jesus Christ, invited him to enjoy their hospitality and how Jesus blessed them. So Abraham entertained heavenly visitors unawares. He brought them water, the best bread, the best meat, the best milk, and the best curds. Notice he did not give him leftovers. Hospitality, honoring. They ate under the tree while Abraham himself waited on them. In truth, these visitors were not strangers. They knew Abraham. They knew his wife. So we read in Genesis 18 verse 9. Where is your wife Sarah? They asked him. Nobody told them about Sarah. They knew. They knew all their problems. No more waiting for the fulfillment of the promise of a son. The time has come. The promises about to be fulfilled. No more delay. I told this morning God waited 25 years so that you may die. God delights in raising the dead. No more delay. And they spoke the time specific. Next year at this time. Mother specific. Not Hagar but Sarah. So Genesis 18 verse 10. Then the Lord said I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah your wife will have a son. It was always God's intention and plan. That Abraham will have a son through the barren Sarah. Father specific. It's not anybody else. Genesis 17 verse 17 Abraham fell face down he laughed and said to himself will a son be born to a man a hundred years old what's the answer yes gender specific Genesis 18 verse 14 is there anything too hard for the Lord I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son 
name specific. Genesis 17 verse 19. Then God said yes. But your wife Sarah will bear you a son. And you will call him Isaac. Which means laughter. See Christian life is laughter from beginning to end. Because God raises the dead. It's always praising God. And you read probably today, weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. That's what Christian life, don't go around and murmur and murmur. Did you read that in Exodus? Always murmuring. How can you murmur when Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins? Christ died. How did he fulfill the office of a priest? By his sacrifice, by his reconciling activity, and by his intercession. By his sacrifice, he died for me, that I will not die. I am given eternal life, I will never perish. And all of life is to be celebration. Rejoicing in in God. For this great salvation. Great mercy. Name specific. Isaac means laughter. God has performed miracle for me. She was barren. She was according to the Hebrew text. Postmenopausal. And then she says, I am worn out. And God loves these people. He says, come unto me all those who are weary and worn out. And I will give you rest. Try that. God is waiting until you become what? Weary and worn out. You tried everything, it doesn't work. So you say... I'm going to go to Christ. He welcomes sinners. Sarah had a hard time believing. She never heard of a barren 89 year old conceiving and giving birth. So she laughed. Understandable. And God did not punish her for laughing. But he punished Zechariah because he should have known that the Bible spoke about all people having children. Because it is written down in the book of Genesis about the story of Abraham and Sarah. So she laughed. But the Lord said what? Is there anything too hard for the Lord. You see, sir, I don't have any problem believing in, in miracles. If you can believe in the first verse of the Bible, you can believe anything that God has done. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he upholds the heavens and the earth. He rules the heavens and the earth. Is there anything too difficult 
for the Lord. What's the answer? Nothing. Nothing is too difficult for the Lord. Because he introduced himself in Genesis 17 as what? El Shaddai. The Lord Almighty. Pantocrator. The word Pantocrator appears ten times in the New Testament. But 90% we see in the book of Revelation God as Almighty doing great things. Abraham believed and Sarah believed in spite of her lying etc. But she finally what? Believed. They blessed the heavenly visitors with hospitality and they blessed them. Do you invite uh, people of God into your house? It's a blessing to have them come. But invite God's people. It's a great blessing to have God's people come into your house and eat and sing and read the Bible and fellowship with God and fellowship with God's people. It's great joy. Number five, Genesis 18 16 through the end of the chapter. This is a test in reference to intercession. The heavenly visitors were also on their way to Sodom to examine whether the iniquity of the Sodomites were ripe for divine judgment. Abraham was told of this mission. This was a test for Abraham. Was he going to rejoice in the destruction of the wicked Sodomites? Or was he going to intercede for their sparing from destruction? He boldly prayed to the Lord that the Sodomites be spared. Provided there were a number of righteous people in Sodom. Abraham expected through the witnessing activity of his nephew Lot a number of righteous people to be present in Sodom. He expected a maximum of 50 to a bare minimum of 10. The Lord agreed to spare the city if even 10 righteous persons would be found in Sodom. But we know his wife was an unbeliever. It's terrible to marry an unbeliever. What does believer and unbeliever have in common? His two daughters were unrighteous. What a failure, that family. Lord himself was a failure. So were his sons-in-law, two of them. They were mockers. Instead of ten, there was only one. The Bible says something about righteous lot. 
And God spared him and his daughters due to Abraham's intercession to the Lord, the righteous judge of all the earth. But Sodom was destroyed. So Abraham passed the test. Friends, Jesus Christ intercedes for us. As question number 25 of Shorter Catechism teaches us. We must not rejoice in the destruction of the wicked. It is the will of God that we intercede for their salvation and bear witness to the wicked by preaching the gospel and living out the gospel before them. Intercede for your children's salvation and for your friends' and neighbors' salvation. Let us learn from the utter failure of Lot. Let us evangelize. Let us shine as light because we are the light of the world. So I want to give you some lessons from what we heard so far. Did you know the Lord never appeared to Lot. Did you know that? The Lord did not become a guest of Lot in Sodom. Number two, it is a fact. Abraham and Sarai failed to believe God many times. This is important, friends. Yet the New Testament fails to mention their failures why is that because all our sins are forgiven they are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ in whom they believed listen to Romans 4 18 through 21 listen to this against all hope Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be without weakening in his faith. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about a hundred years old and Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief. Regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Hebrews 11, verse 11. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. But we know when you read the book of Genesis, they had problem. But they really did believe finally. What's the reason, sir? Forgiveness. And listen to these verses which I will read to you. 
Psalm 51 verse 1. Have mercy on me. O God according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Isaiah 38 verse 17. Surely it was for my benefit that I suffered such anguish. In your love you kept me from the pit of destruction. You have put all my sins behind your back. That he refuses to see it. Isaiah 43 verse 25. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And remembers your sins no more. Isaiah 44, 22. I have swept away your offenses like a cloud. Your sins like the morning mist. Return to me for I have redeemed you. Jeremiah 50, verse 20. In those days at that time declares the Lord... Search will be made for Israel's guilt, but there will be none. I am fascinated by this. What about you? Careful search for our sins, but there will be none. There will be none, and for the sins of Judah, but none will be found, for I will forgive the remnant I spare. Micah 7. Who is a God like you? Who pardons sin. And forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance. You do not stay angry forever. But delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. Colossians 2. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and stood opposed to us he took it away nailing it to the cross the charge sheet was full of sin but he took it away by his death on the cross nothing remains on it number three don't look to circumstances I am barren, I am old, I am worn out. But look to Christ alone to pass all tests of life. Hebrews 3.1 Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest whom we confess. Hebrews 12, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
Consider him. Think about him. Who endured such opposition from sinful men. So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. That you will pass the test. Matthew 14. Jesus said come. Then Peter got down out of the boat. Walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind. He was afraid and beginning to sink. And cried out Lord save me. See, he looked upon the waves, not the one who called him to come on. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? I said, don't look to circumstances, look to Christ alone. Colossians 3, 1 and 2, since then you have been raised with Christ Set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above. Not on earthly things. Contrary winds will beat against us all the time. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Is always with us. In the fire, in the flood, in the storm, in the rain. When we are worn out and bedridden. And when we are about to die. God is with us. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Number four. Live God conscious life. Practice life in God's presence and be blameless. Walk before me and be thou blameless. In other words, we practice God's presence. That's what Joseph did. Potiphar's wife wanted him to commit sin and he said, How can I do this wicked thing and sin against God who is with me in this place right now? What about you, young man? And I said this morning, in every temptation, God will make a way out that you may resist and be victorious. As many as are being led by the Holy Spirit, they are the sons of God. Heavenly Father, we pray today, deliver us from murmuring, complaining, Oh, any little difficulty is exaggerated. But your word says we are more than conquerors. We are overcomers. He who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. Our God is a wall of fire about us. In the middle of the night he comes to us and says to us, fear not. I am your shield. I am your very great reward. Hallelujah. Lord, we are in God. We are in Christ. 
and nothing in all creation is able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord Lord you tell us the truth storm will come rain will come and will beat against the house but he who listens to God and does his will will stand how can storm knock God down and we are in God he has committed himself to save us and he has saved us he has justified us he has forgiven all our sins and all our sins are thrown into the depth of the ocean of God's forgetfulness he remembers sins no more he threw it all behind his back he has blotted all our sins therefore oh god we laugh we rejoice we celebrate not only so we rejoice in tribulations also because we know all things especially sufferings must contribute for our salvation lord we pray that you enable people today to put their trust in jesus christ jesus invites us come unto me all those who are weary and worn out because of sin because of satan because of the world come to me i will give you rest lord in your great mercy you drew us and we came to your son jesus christ and our yokes of iron were broken and you gave us rest and you gave us peace but that is not the whole story and we are your portion you are our inheritance and treasure and we are your inheritance and treasure which is difficult to understand heavenly father we pray that you deliver us from our self assertion self strength self plan we treat god like a boy and we tell the little boy you just go outside and play we are discussing business and oh we sit around and talk and talk and plan and plan but god has nothing to do with it and our plan appears to be working at least temporarily lord help us live by faith from this day forward to hear and do your will in jesus name amen